Welcome to Middle School Matters Podcast number 543, Creating Drama with a flip phone and a button that says, Mom. We've got uh, some jokes for your classroom. We're, we're going to talk about flip phones today and uh, some other things you can use in your classroom. So without further ado, here's the wonderful, the magnanimous, the Mr. Troy Patterson. All right. Welcome back to the show. I am Troy Patterson and with me is the world's greatest co-show host, Mr. Sean Murger. Hey, Sean. Well, hello there. Did uh, did we check for updates yet? Just just checking. Uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> it. So I don't think we checked for updates. I just everything is up to just date. Wondering. Um, and except kind of, I've been on vacation, so I'm kind of not up. <gasps> so I did not. Oh dear. Me. Well, actually, I think vacation means you've been updating you and not and not like work. I, so <laughs> not I, this like is a work. good update. Yeah. That's a good update. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, uh, I do have um, I do have some visual jokes for you today over at middleschoolmatters.com. Okay. Um, and and I also have some thoughts for you here. Do you realize Ooh, the Earth the Earth is seventy percent water and uncarbonated? That's true. So technically flat. Yes, it is. The <laughs> world is flat. Uh, hey, uh, friend, you know, electric vehicles are all the thing now, right? And a friend of mine converted his van from diesel to electric. Ooh, that's shocking. Mm -hmm. He's a real do it yourselfer. So he used a motor from a dryer. He had trouble okay. getting it to start. Oh, yeah, then he realized he hadn't shut the door all the way. I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> this is one of those jokes that, like, I really, really like more than I should. So. <laughs> okay, there's apparently a crime spree going on at the local Ikea. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. The cops are having a hard time putting it all together. I gotcha. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I figured there's a piecing together a pun, thing there. Make yeah, it one week. Aw. Do they allow loud laughing in Hawaii? Have you been to Hawaii? I have never been to Hawaii. I have been to Hawaii, but it's been a long time. Do they allow loud laughing in Hawaii, <laughs> or just a low ha? Ah, I see what you did there. Ha. Ha uh, ha ha ha! Uh, go more than once, you can go ha ha ha. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see here. Um, can you tie a knot by telekinesis? Can I tie a knot by telekinesis? Uh -huh. uh, I I don't quote unquote think so. Thought not. Thought not. Got it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm writing about a thing, uh, a book about the things in life that I want to do. Okay. Yeah, it's called an autobiography. Aut. Yep. Aut. Yep. Yeah. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Um. 
So I, I, um, I built a Peroni um, Kibo 2040, which was a gift from my <laughs> daughter, which is really wonderful. And the uh, Peroni Kibo 2040 is uh, basically a 16-key um, keypad. comes in three different styles, clicky keys, tactile mm -hmm. keys, and silent keys. Um, I have oh. tactile keys. And by default, it is programmed to do um, one through nine, zero through nine, and then A, B, C, D, I think. And I'm noticing that I have random characters in the show notes, <laughs> which I'm trying to get rid of because I've been accidentally pressing keys. Or I was explaining this to Sean, and I pressed keys. So if there's random notes in the show notes over at middleschoolmatters.com, you never know. Now you know why. All right. So that was right home number one. Um, you know you should never well, yell. did you know? Into, you should never yell into a colander. You should never yell into a colander. Yeah, you'll why? your voice. Why should we? Oh, that would that would be bad. Yes, I'm going to move the Peroni, and I think I'm actually pronouncing it wrong. The Pi Maroni, um, Kibo oh, there we 2040, go. Okay. just a little farther forward here. All right, um, I was walking around the neighborhood last night, saw an apple pie, uh -huh. a cherry cheesecake, yeah. and an ice cream sundae. Okay. I thought, uh -uh. you know, these streets are strangely deserted. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yes. I have managed that to was crack a on McGurr. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you after the show why. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, you know, a middle schooler accidentally sprayed deodorant into his mouth. Oh, no. Yeah, now he speaks with a weird accent. Oh, uh, <laughs> my nose wanted to crawl inside my head on that one. Yeah. Oh, you know, I can make you laugh, but not as good as a clown. Oh, yeah? Yeah, those are some pretty big shoes to fill. That's true. That's true. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I agree. Hey, we have got additional um, jokes over at middleschoolmatters.com. Some of them are visual, including... A phone booth for then versus now. So head on over there and check that out. The and, and while you're there, you know, you get all the show note links and all that good stuff. But we also have um, links to the wonderful Dave Bidlowski and his middle Yay. school. He calls it K-12 science. Yeah. You know, he's a little more broad, but we all know it's really, really That's the right. middle school science minute. Um, it, it, yeah, it's exactly right. It just is. Um, at least while it's on the show here. But we do have a link to his podcast as well, and you really should. Um, you know, you can check out all of the back ones from him as well. This week, <clears throat> he's um, another one he knocks out of the park. And this one's all about water in our world. So here, without further ado, is the wonderful Mr. Dave Bidlowski 
in the Middle School Science Minute. Hi, this is Dave Bidlowski of K12Science.net, and this is your K12 Science Podcast. I was recently reading the March-April 2022 issue of Science and Children, a publication of the National Science Teaching Association. And I was reading the editor's note written by the editor, Elizabeth Barrett-Zahn, and she wrote an article entitled, Water in Our World. She said that, where is there a time when water isn't essential? Water plays an indispensable role in our very existence, and its properties are almost magical in its ability to affect and change our world. Think of the ocean, so vast, deep, and filled with life we've not even begun to understand. Then, compare the small yet powerful raindrop that can bring essential life to plants and animals, or with persistence, change the shape of a mighty boulder. We drink it, use it for cleaning and recreation, harness it to run generators, and it is one of the primary drivers of our weather. No rain, we have droughts. Too much rain, we have floods. Water is that most perfect traveler, and its pathways have shaped our world. Water is critical whether we are floating in canoes, learning about waterfowl habitats, saving a local swamp, or building weather models. With over 2 billion people struggling to find safe drinking water access, the topic remains one of the most critical issues of this century. And one of her favorite walking field trips for her students was to visit a local lake near their school. Her students engaged in year-long problem-based learning to determine the lake's health by conducting water tests through World Water Monitoring Day resources, now called Earth Echo Water Challenge. Students analyzed the water quality and also investigated evidence of human impacts on the environment by looking for runoff from surrounding roads and homes. Additionally, they considered how to maintain trails and reduce trash accumulation around the lake. After this intensive study, the students submitted the Health of Glenwood Lake to the local neighborhood association. Beyond the science embedded in the study, the students felt connected to their community and built relationships with others who cared about the lake. And other students in the school also visited the lake. Some mapped physical characteristics, recorded weather conditions, and identified plants and animals living in and around the lake. Even other students walked to the lake as a venue for inspiring writing. What better way to spend a learning day than perched on a rocky outcrop overlooking a peaceful lake or with nets and identification guides figuring out what lives in the lake? Learning about the vital importance of water in our biotic and abiotic world is a starting point in developing an awareness of the importance of this most precious resource, water. And this has been your K-12 Science Podcast. All right, so this week I head off. <laughs> and I'm, Yay, I did not yeah. do much. I did not check email constantly. I did not... Um, I didn't do much work at all. I did stuff around the house um, and, and good stuff like that. 
you did work this week, at least four days this week. So I did. We had, uh, uh, well, uh, technically I worked my Monday off. Um, that's not being euphemistic. Um, because I, I built a PD for the district and they said, fine, you build this PD. You can only spend six hours on it. Cause that's all we're going to give you on that Monday so that you don't have to come in and do the PD because you've got six hour PD credit. So only spend six hours making this PD for these teachers, which of course turned into six weeks, but you know, say, they knew that when they had more than six hours, but yeah, if you want to do it right and do it well, you're going to spend more, way more time on it than that. So, um, I had Monday off, sort of, yes. And uh, so I went and I uh, I grabbed my nephews and uh, spent a little bit of time with them, brought them lunch, and just spent time with, with nephews. That's cool. Um, I hear that you also did a proposal for AMLE to do a presentation. I did. Uh, AMLE's presentations closed on Monday. They extended it. Uh, they, I guess they extended it a couple times. Uh, so I thought, well, all right, since you extended it a couple times, I might as well see what I can do. I was planning on going to AMLE this November anyway. And I thought, well, you know, if I can get 100 bucks off my registration. Remember back when registration, uh, if, you, if you were a presenter, you got uh, like half of your registration taken care of. Remember that? Yeah. And then, I do. <laughs> <laughs> you remember there are some places where if you were a presenter, you got 90% of your pres your uh, your registration knocked off. Remember those days? I was going to say, I actually remember some days where if you presented, you got to go for free. Right. That's back when I had hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, and then they don't do that anymore. If you present at AMLE, you get 100 bucks off your, your registration. That's it. Wow. Yeah. Um, but I thought since I'm going anyway, I'll put in for it and we'll see if we'll see what happens. You know, a hundred bucks off is a hundred bucks off. So I did, uh, I'm going to do, I'm, if accepted, I will be writing a presentation on H5P, uh, and it's, uh, wonderful uses in the classroom. Um, but otherwise I'll just, I'll just be going and attending. And, uh, if you're going, you know, I would love to, uh, you know, you give a holler if you, you know, are running to a session. That Pass me there. One and, of uh, my favorite conferences. I always got stuff out of that conference every single year. We um, I used to go and take a team with me, a few teachers with me, and yeah. every year we just got good stuff out of that that conference. Just really good practical stuff that you could kick around and ponder, and it was really valuable to take a team. Because we could discuss with each other and we could say, hey, I saw this and let's think about implementing it this way and doing that and blah, 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 blah. And I thought that was really powerful too, creating that teamwork and, and taking the time to be able to say, well, I'm going to do it this way. What do you think? How do you think that'd work out? What do you need to do? You know, what do we need to do? How are we going to present it to staff? You know, if it was something we were presenting to staff. And, and things like that. And we did, um, we always did um, share the sessions and what we were doing as well with staff. But yeah. yeah, that was a good one. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, so H5P, I'm going to try and do something on that. And 
I've been playing a little more with uh, um, Cornell notes, and I like it. I just now need to find a little. I need I just like a missing one piece, and that's the what are we going to do with this after we've taken those notes? It's more than just take a quiz on the text. So I'm going to try and play with that a little more and see if I can come up with something. Um, but otherwise, been really really enjoying H5P ever since we're able to save as you go, as opposed to you have to do the, the whole thing all in one sitting. Ah. So, um, yeah. And, uh, one of the, one of my students even said, could, could you go back to the other thing we did in interactive book? Because my little brother likes to do it with me and I can do my work and entertain him at the same time. I'm thinking, and a win for me three years from now when he's in my class. <laughs> right. So, so the uh, yeah, little brother is doing. Yeah. So, uh, you know the uh, close activity where you uh, drag and drop the words into text? Mm-hmm. Right? So you read along, and there's a bank of words, and you try and figure out which word goes into the text, right? So that's what she does. It. She's reading along. Plus, I have an audiobook there, too. But as they read along, a lot of the kids have stopped listening to the audiobook. And I should I say they wean themselves off of the audiobook. And now they're just doing the text and able to find the words that fit into the text. And... um it's worked out pretty good. Um, and yeah, so their little brother, this in this case, her little brother sits with her and, and he helps her um, figure out which words go where. So, you know, it's a, it's a twofer. Yeah. That's neat that the, the kids have that resource available, the audio version of it. And they are weaning themselves off of it. Is that something that, concerns you that they're not hearing things is that something that you're okay with how do you feel about them weaning off of the uh, or how do you feel them about them not using the audio resource there well the audio resource i put it in there as a support and mostly for my uh ells and for my special needs students who and my auditory learners who need that auditory piece, right? Okay. But I've even had some kids who were primarily auditory when they came in after um, virtual learning uh, and came in and, and have said to me, Mr. McGurk, you know, I don't need the audio anymore. I can just read through and, and I start to decode the words and I can decode the text and figure it out. And I was like, oh, okay, all right, because they're primarily auditory learners. And um, the, 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 kid, the, the kid that was telling me this is, and I was rather surprised when he said, you know, I don't need that piece anymore. And I originally I had thrown it in as support. But what I found out was when we came back from virtual learning is that because the kids are so, uh, they've trained their brains for video and auditory inputs, right? Because they're playing games and they're, they're bringing information in through their ears. They're listening to each other in discord and then they're using their visual acuity to play the game it's not that they see everything it's that they it's it's selective seeing is what it is because in the games they're selectively looking for the things so the close activity they're selectively looking for the word and then putting it into context and i'm forcing to broaden that because they have to look in the context and then the listening is the text so they're also listening to go along and figure things out as they go along but if you really don't need the auditory to do the the reading part and the m step won't read things necessarily for you 
at least they won't bother to take the time to do that. So I do want to get them to the point where they could read something and 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 then decode it and understand it. Now, we're by no means, by no means, where we need to be as far as levels and decoding skills, right? Those atrophied hugely simply because they didn't exercise them when they were supposed to during virtual learning. Um, and that's a whole cascade of issues. It's not any one single failure on any one level. It was, it was multiple things, levels of failure that, you know, things we never trained for, things we never planned for. And then, um, stuff that parents are just not equipped and not trained to do, you know, they're, they're trained to be parents, not to, not to act in the, uh, the teaching capacity. And so we're asking them to do things that they just weren't equipped or ready to do. Um, so there's a lot of things that I think maybe there should be a class in this in college. So, you know, just in case something like this happens, you have some tools and you're not caught flat footed and yeah. you're able to do some of those things. Yeah. Yeah. That flexibility so, is, is crucial. And having the audiobook, you mentioned the audiobook, but having that available from um, a source, which shall remain nameless, um, and able to put that in, you know, I had to go get that stuff on my own. The, the district didn't have any capacity to go and get that for us. So, you know, a lot of this depended on, on you know, teachers being able to go out and find things through open education resources or doing it themselves or finding a third party that had already done it and you could bring it in you know, to your classroom and use it that way. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, and H5P kind of, a, a lot of what you're talking about is H5P, right? And, and Correct. utilizing yeah. that. There's, because you can do like drag and drop, you can do it in a couple of different ways, but um, H5P is, makes that easy and cross-platform, right? Because you can yes. use it in Moodle and, and you can use yep. it in WordPress. You can use it in a variety of yep. places as well. A lot of different LMSs have an H5P integration. There's a, a German fellow in, well, Germany, um, who <laughs> has uh, put together... <laughs> This brought to you by the Department of Redundancy and Repetition. Um, the uh, this fellow has written an uh, app called uh, Lumi.Education, mm -hmm. and he updates it all the time, and he only includes the free stuff that uh, Joubert releases is free stuff. And then um, you can actually use that little app to create your H5Ps and then upload them into your Canva, into your Schoology, into your Moodle, up to your... WordPress site. And, uh, it's kind of cool. I'm not sure if it's Oliver or not who runs Lumi. Um, but Oliver is a German fellow who does a lot of work in H5P development. And he's the one who came up with Cornell notes. I would love to see, love to see Cornell notes made part of interactive book. Interactive book is a really neat feature where you can take a whole bunch of tools and integrate them into one place like a book. You can put informative questions, you can put in video, you can put audio, you can put text, you can put 
all these different things. And then you, it's all in a column-based form, multiple column-based format. So you can actually structure it like a book with pages, but you can have all these multiple different pieces of content on one page. In essence, you can create your own textbook. And so you can take the, the, the dream of what a textbook could be and put it together like this. And you've got um, kids, you know, who are uh, very, have very strong visual learning skills, auditory skills or textual skills, and you can address each of those needs. Plus you can include formative assessment in there at the same time. The kids can go through, they get immediate feedback at the very end. They can see what they got right, what they got wrong, what they need to work on. They can go back and redo it. They can do it as many times as they want. You know, who cares? It's formative. And, um, you know, at, at the very end they get, they get benefit from, from it all the way around. Then when you go to give them the assessment, whatever point in the future, not only can they go and review it, but they can also then when they go to take that assessment, they've had some practice before they've, they've done the assessment. So um, there's a lot of things to like about H5P. It's a, it's an integration into Moodle. You can also use the Lumi education app, upload it as a standalone. Um, it's a lot of cool tools. I remember when presenters would say, and then there's this H5P thing, and it's got all these different things. I've not been able to use it, but I know it's out there, and I know people like it, but I can't tell you about it. There's like five people that did that in five separate presentations. I'm thinking, well, what's this H5P thing? You know, why is it that everybody mentions it, but nobody can say that there's, you know, they can show us anything. So I went and looked, and I realized that you know, I had to have another piece to it. But then when it became into Moodle, it's like, oh, I get it. I understand why people like it so much. Yeah, it is very awesome. Does lots of lots of really cool things. So, and then you mentioned Moodle, and Moodle has a new version out. Which since I've been on, um, I've been on Hazel duty and um, home improvement duty. I have not played with Moodle four yet. So, um, but you have, I think. And what are your mm. initial? impressions i i have not upgraded my moodle to 4.0 yet um i've i have looked at some of the videos uh i like the interface it reminds me a lot of chris kenneberg's interface it's just the pieces are in different places instead of a button to click you know the you know like a push button to edit you know turn edit mode on and off it's a little slider button you know, for me, that's not a big difference deal between Chris's and theirs. The slider button's in a slightly different area. I, I will say this. There's two, maybe three things that I've seen people use that I think are game changers. The first is the fact that over on the sidebar, where they would usually have along the side whole list of things that would take you away from uh, whatever's on the main screen, um, that has been changed to um, your uh, your course stuff is right there. And so it becomes a lot easier to access course stuff because you can see it in a little sidebar and jump right to it. In that respect, it's kind of like the H5P interactive book. So it builds this menu on the side so you can jump to the pieces that you really need to get to or you can jump around inside of it. The other thing is, and this has been bugging me like crazy lately, and I don't know why it does this, but in Moodle 3.11, if I want to drag something inside the list of things to do, like uh, move a, 
a quiz from the bottom of the class to the middle of the class for whatever reason. You click, you drag it, and then you're done, right? But you have to you have to go up the whole thing in the main course. And if you have a thick course like I do, this could be a challenge getting it to the right place. Now you click on the thing you want. You go over to that sidebar on the side, put it in the in the area that you want, and it puts it there. And um, that's going to be so much easier uh, to use. The last thing is uh, that I think that is going to be a, a cool game changer is that I've had to add plugins into Moodle to show students uh, what assignments they've completed, um, which ones they've started but they haven't finished, uh, a whole checklist of things they need to do. And it's in it's in two or three different places. It's got the the completion box on the side of the assignment. That's it's right there, visual in their face. At the top, I have assignment checklist, but you have to click it to go into it to see what you've done, what you haven't done. And then the top right hand bar, which is an activity completion uh, block, which has a set of little blocks that'll show you what you haven't done, what you haven't done, or what you got less than eighty percent on. And they can click on it and then go straight to the assignment there. But a lot of them don't make the connection between what it says. And they can click that little box, <laughs> even though we've been doing this for 33 weeks. Yeah. Um, a lot of that is going to be more simplified and in, a, in, 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 in easier in this, uh, for the students to see in this new interface. And I'm very interested to see how that happens and how that works. I, I will tell you this. The, the primary benefit of having these activity completions settings in place has not been because my students go and check them. They're starting to get into the habit where they do those sorts of things. And a lot of them have been doing it since week three, since we've been using it. Mm -hmm. And others are starting to pick up on it. The, the ones who really appreciate it and find it super easy and, and convenient are parents. When I get the phone call that says, well, my student uh, it does, says that they don't have any homework or they don't have anything to do. Oh, well, let me show you where you can find out whether they're telling the truth. Ask them to open their Moodle. See that little completion box on the top right-hand side? And I explain what the three colors of the boxes mean. And parents later will say, oh, that has been a huge benefit. And the kids come back and go, I hate Moodle. Yeah, why do you hate Moodle? Because. Because. My mom no, looks you at You don't hate Moodle. Knows. You hate accountability. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You have to run it through the seventh grade translator's device. Right. And, mm -hmm. and that's what comes out. And I laugh because oh, we hate Moodle. No, you don't. You don't hate Moodle. You just don't like the fact that you can't get around it. And you actually have to do things instead of hiding like you want to do. So uh, I'm looking forward to those features. I know there's more features in it. Um, I, I've, I've not. Those are the three primary ones. I think they're going to have a big impact for me teaching going forward. Now, that being said, I know that the, the, the regional education service administration that runs our Moodle for us has come right out and said, yeah, don't expect this for another six to eight months. Uh, we, we really plan and this is a big update and we really plan on, on, on testing it thoroughly before we put it out there where things could break. So. Yeah. And a lot of places do that. Ten minus one. Right. So they're always one yep. version behind right. with the idea that that way other people find the things that are broken or need to be updated or don't work or that can cause problems in that. So um, and I know that they were 
following that path pathology before. Those people are, are that were doing that have taken other jobs and things. They are no longer involved, but they may have enculturated that in as well. I know they get phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still from people. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, it's been interesting. The the, the primary guy who's uh, running it right now, uh, he actually did a presentation on 4.0 at the uh, at McCall, and oh, so I'm curious as to what his assessment is, because uh, he was just showing off the beta and what it could be. Oh, so, okay. yeah. All right. Um, the Twitterverse did continue going. Uh, Elon Musk hasn't purchased it yet, and turned it into whatever Elon Musk wants to turn it into. So, um, I think he's going to rename it. I yeah. That, you know, Elon Musk is like so middle school. He just gets into <laughs> yeah. middle school, right? Cause he had the whole thing about should Twitter have an edit button? And it was a poll with yes spelled incorrectly. It's like, okay, you're in seventh grade, aren't you? And he, he wanted to, he had another poll. Should Twitter be renamed taking the W out? It's like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're a middle schooler. Oh dear. Well, I was thinking he would name it Muscova. <laughs> anyway. Um, revolving door admin <clears throat> at RAD is awesome underscores for spaces. The superintendent and executive cabinet have decided that teachers are only allowed to input scores to assignments that a student completes. So a student only completing one out of 10 assignments will only be graded on the one they completed, what could which go by the way is that? actually how the actual way my my grading uh, um, software works, uh, my district grading software actually works in that way. And so you know that that's what, it's the hidden agenda as to what they're doing, right? Um, that's what made me laugh. ABC News at ABC. Beijing is on the alert after 10 middle school students tested positive for COVID-19 in what city officials say was an initial round of testing. I just want to point out the uh, the uh, underlying thing here the stuff that's not being said you understand that if anybody in a in a, an apartment building um tests positive for covid they lock down the entire apartment building right mm -hmm. okay here get this 10 middle school students just shut down the city of beijing you know 10 <laughs> middle school students tested positive isn't that middle school though right that's very much so yeah i just had to laugh it gave me a chuckle uh, Larry Falazzo, this was interesting. Have you ever ever wondered where Larry Falazzo gets all those wonderful things? I wondered much about Larry Falazzo, like how in the world he gets so much stuff out there. And well, I think I found part of his time. He teaches EL kids full time. Yeah, and like he's a he full time classroom teacher, not. Uh, you know, I mean, he's a full-time classroom teacher, and he posts great stuff, and he writes for a couple of at least at least one major um, online magazine kind of thing. He writes books. I just he, wow, yeah, yep. Well, 
He posted a post that said, a look back, the four best websites for ELL teachers. And, uh, I, I, yeah, wow. I can understand why he likes these, uh, these four sites. They are class tools. They are the ISL Collective, the Teaching English British Council Facebook page, and the, uh, a particular Pinterest collection. And I, I did start a Pinterest thing. I don't collect anywhere near like all these other people do. Uh, I find it, I like going and looking at their stuff, but I don't ever make it my own curation of anything anyway. But uh, they're, they're fun to go and look at. But I thought this is interesting that this gives us a little insight into the mind of Larry Falazzo and uh, where he is finding ideas and synthesizing uh, ideas from other places into some really great tools and useful items for middle school teachers. Eric Kurtz. Eric, the... Eric Kurtz. Yeah, he's been doing some good work Jeremy. lately, too. Well, he's been he doing has, good work made, for a long time, but yeah. Yeah, there are people that um, that consider him a, a, a rock star in the Google education world. And he certainly is. He's He's got so many wonderful little tools and, and mm -hmm. tips and tricks. Battlesheets. Google Sheets Battleship Game Template. He's posted this in... Uh, controlaltachieve.com so if you're looking for some battleship game opportunities or ideas um, like you could take these battlesheets put in the words for vocab and as the kids find them you sink my battleship so you know you could do battleship vocabulary for, with it for example uh, this is not um, Twitter but it is social media so I threw it in this section uh, Tom Saviger uh, posted a thing I've started doing with my class is giving them a quote unquote secret mission where they have to do something. And if another staff member tells me about it, the whole class moves up my rewards chart. Last week was holding doors for people. This week is asking people about their day. What a great way to teach social constructions and um, uh, give the kids some, some, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Give them some social tools. Nuts. Uh, the other word for it, I'll think of it later. But uh, yes, what a great idea for kids. This is, I love this idea. I I don't know what the rewards chart is, but I love this idea of put of them going on a secret mission and learning and doing something that gets noticed, right? And I think that really helps create yep. those um, social skills for them and does it in a way that's kind of fun. So that's really cool. I like it. Yeah. Jolita Didiene. She's a dude. Iana. Uh -huh. um, and there's a link right underneath that. And again, this is not in the Twitterverse. This is actually a Facebook page, but I thought I'd throw this in here. Um, this past week, uh, a very beloved uh, musical director in the country of Lithuania uh, passed away and there's a particular song and he's known for the doing the last song at the song festival that they hold on a uh, I think it's a yearly basis or bi-yearly basis uh, Longinus Abras is his uh, name um, but I, this lady posted about it and then the, there's a, the link is actually to an organization a culture um, a state cultural organization and um, but and you see a lot of people posting about their experiences with uh, Maestro Leonganes Abras, and they don't actually really know him because the choir is about 10,000 people big that he directs <laughs> or in the song festival. Wow. And it's not, 
it's not about having that, but it's about the relationship they have with him as their director for this one song and the things that he did and the, and the impact that he's had on their life through, through doing this. And I thought, isn't this the same for the encore teachers in our schools? You know, they might get all the kids in the, in the building and they, all those kids have an experience with that teacher and that teacher has an impact on every single one of them. Not that they're going to remember all 724 or a thousand kids in the school, but they have that impact. And I thought, isn't this reflective of what the power of encore classes could be in the middle school? Even though we may not see it now, we you know see it much much farther down the road. Now, obviously, he did a number of things that uh, were uh, nationally very patriotic as well. Um, he's part of the singing revolution, if you're familiar with that. And uh, if you're not, go look it up. It's really cool. Uh, there's a couple of uh, cool DVDs. Is it dot uh, org has a whole uh, lesson and um, video on the singing revolution. They talk and focus more on the. Estonian part, but it happened all throughout the Baltics. So do take a, a moment, check that out. Uh, it is a piece of music. It's a beautiful piece of music. Uh, there are a couple sites that actually have subtitles in English, so you can follow along um, with the, the the beautiful lyrics uh, to the to the piece. Speaking of beautiful lyrics, don't forget everything that Todd Block has to say and sing on hashtag MS chat every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And as Troy says, the Twitter never stops. It doesn't. And mostly people, a lot of people follow Twitter on their phone. And we That's know true. that students are using their phones a lot. And mm -hmm. there's, you know, I think we've almost moved beyond the should we ban them, should we not ban them kind of um, discussions. And over at Edutopia, they have an article on guiding students to develop a clear understanding of their cell phone use. Um, and I think this is something that's important. Uh, it's, uh, it's subtitled, Banning Cell Phones from Classrooms Can Backfire, But Teachers Can Help Students Think Critically About This Addictive Technology. Uh, and that's something to keep in mind that this is addictive technology and that the technology is addictive um, and that the kids reality is they're going to have phones <laughs> and, and mm -hmm. this technology yep. thing isn't going to go away and they need to learn how to deal with it and them dealing with it is not going to be the same as you dealing with it when you were a teenager because life is different. Very, very different. Um, and so they, they give you some tips, like co-create cell phone free spaces with students through community agreements. Um, educate students about the effects of cell phone use on learning in classes. Engage in school-wide information campaigns um, develop realistic classroom strategies that match your teaching style. Use cell phones in your lesson planning. Um, and then, uh, you know, there's the whole evolution of where it is. And, um, you know, one of the things that is in here is the toothpaste is out of the tube. Today's generation is irreversibly enmeshed in technology. So educators must evolve. 
And that's, again, I think that's just the reality of what we're, we're looking at. And um, the relationship of the relationships with a cell phone, I think is very different for a lot of teenagers than it is for adults. Um, and it's understanding that that is the way that it is and to, to go on through that. So, um, <clears throat> is how are they handling cell phones in, in your school right now? Like, do you get to decide? Is it a school-wide policy? Do the kids have anything to do with that? Um, so our policy is it's the teacher decides because it can be used as a learning tool, right? <laughs> However, all of our kids have Chromebooks now, and so it's becoming less of a learning tool and more of a thing I stick under my thigh, hoping the teacher doesn't notice it. We've actually had to, we, it's caused drama. So we've had to, yeah. uh, if, if they want to use the bathroom, they have to leave their cell phone with us because what they're doing is going into the, into the bathrooms and cell phoning and talking and, and texting, um, their friends or parents or somebody. And they're, they're stirring the pot and creating drama when they don't have to. And it's, I, I think I think we're at the point now because we, our kids do have Chromebooks. I'm willing to say, look, mom and dad, if you're going to use the argument that your kid has to be able to be contacted and um, they need a cell phone, then it's time for a flip phone. Wow! And how well does that go over? Oh, I haven't proposed yet. This is my uh, I want. So here's my goal this summer. <laughs> One of my goals, okay. One of my goals this summer is I'm going to put together. I want to put together a little newsletter. For parents, right? Mm -hmm. And they get it at the beginning of the year, and it says, "Welcome to seventh grade." So I'm going to rat hole for a second. I had a conversation with a mom. Mom called me or called the office and said, "I'd like to talk to Mister McGurr." And the office is like, "We will get you his number." It's like, ah, oh, cheapers, thanks. You know that bus just hit me, and so I get the phone call, and she goes, um, <laughs> "She she was talking to me about it was actually turned out to be a very good phone call. I'm so glad mom called." Um, don't get me wrong. It's just that fear and trepidation of the way they approach it before you get to talk to them. You're like, right. What could possibly be wrong? But anyway, <laughs> yeah. So, um, we got in the, in the course of the conversation, she says to me, you know, Mr. McGurr, one of the things I've noticed is the difference between Alan, the elementary and the middle school is that you guys expect the kids to be responsible for their work. <laughs> Uh-huh. And there was a little bit of silence. I was like, yeah, we, we do do that. Yes, ma'am. Um, but, you know, parents, I don't think, realize, especially after the, the pandemic situation, um, that, you know, the kids do need to get some responsibility and need to start taking on some of that responsibility. <laughs> they're, they're becoming those young adults that we hope and dream them to be. And so we do need to give them part of this. We're not going to chase them. First of all, I can't run that fast anymore, you know, to go chase them down for every little thing. And, and, but I think parents need that too. Parents need that, that realization. And so we, um, we need to, we need to give them a little newsletter saying, look, here are some things you need to do. First of all, you know, if you're going to do the cell phone thing, we recommend this model and make it, you know, some, some flip phone variety, even if it's a the jitterbug, you know those uh, senior cell phone <laughs> with the with the button that says "mom" on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, exactly. That's right. That's the one. And uh, you know, and there's some other things like you know, I'll talk about. Uh, you know, 
your kid is going to get some responsibility this year. Responsibility this year. By all means, don't steal the struggle. Let them work through this. Let them learn what it means to be successful because they've overcome something that is new for them. If you jump in, you steal that reward of, I did it. I got it done. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to give them anything that they can't do, right? And that's the other thing. You know, I want to put some things in there like, look, we make a promise to you. We're going to promise we're not going to give them anything that they can't do. We're going to push them. We're going to frustrate them. We're going to stretch them. We're going to celebrate with them when they get it done. But we're not going to do anything for them that they can't do for themselves. And we're asking you to join us in that promise. Right. And I want to put that in there. Uh, there's some other things I want to put in there, you know, much more practical. But And then I want to take, uh, I want to uh, grab my, my 360 camera and I'm going to do a little tour of the team area. And I'm going to give them a tour of just the places they really need to go. And then inside the 3D, 60, the 3D, huh? Well, I guess it is 3D. But inside the 360 model, when they get to the sixth grade hall, I'm going to put a, a warning sign saying, seventh graders not allowed down this hall. You were there last year. You know what this is. But, you know, we have a policy that seventh graders are out of this hallway. And then when it gets to the eighth to eighth grade halls, I'm going to say, look, <laughs> danger this way. You know, don't go beyond this point. Well, because the eighth grade hall, they don't need to be down there, right? And uh, and then give them the, the visual cues that, you know, these are the places you need to go for this year. And, you know, the only places you really need to go for this year, uh, unless, you know, there's something, some sort of exception, but I want to build some of that stuff in because we're, we're running into the fact that not only do we not train the kids how to come back and do school, we haven't trained the parents to do school either. We didn't train them to do it out of school and we're not training them to what to do when they come back. Um, it's, you know, we just, we got to get on board and we need to start doing those things. Absolutely. And one of the things I really like about this is including the students in on the process. And because it's really something they have to be bought into, they have to understand and they're going to have to deal with moving forward. Um, Utah. Have you been to Utah? Uh, just to stop you in, uh, and transfer airplanes. Okay. Um, well, Utah has decided or has figured out or has uncovered that retaining middle school teachers is critical to student achievement. And And they spent how much money to do this? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I don't know. Um... So um, this is one of the places where you can say retention fosters achievement. It's not retaining the kids. It's retaining the teachers. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's been uh, apparently some research that says that keeping the teachers there um, in middle school leads to um, leads to more leads to better achievement by the kids. Um and then also there's some coaching that uh, coaching matters as well, like helping teachers uh, grow and develop as well. Um, so you can check out that article uh, as well. Um, how about Ethiopia? Have you been to Ethiopia? No, but I will say this. Um, Mighty Good Coffee out of Ann Arbor has a really good Ethiopian blend. Oh, 
man, I miss I miss Yemeni coffee too. Middle Eastern coffee. Hmm. Oh, by the way, mighty good coffee out of Ann Arbor makes what they call a Red Sea coffee blend. It's that Yemeni blend you're looking for. Oh, and did I mention they ship? Okay. There you go. All right. Um, you know, most nations are on the Gregorian calendar. Key here. Well, yes. Most, which means not all. <laughs> and Ethiopia mm -hmm. is not on the same calendar as um, as uh, we are. They're not on the, the Gregorian calendar. Um, and so I thought this was interesting because I think kids take like time for granted, right? It's the year that it is. Mm -hmm. um, it just, you know, the sun comes up, the time is, and without understanding that it's really a human construct. Mm -hmm. um, so this is an article um, about that. I thought it'd be a great discussion and how helping kids learn. Um, Ethiopia is I'm seven to eight years behind the Gregorian calendar. Okay. So, you know, you, kids could have fun with what year is it and, and that. Um, but I thought it was just great to start off a uh, conversation. Speaking of charting, starting off a conversation, um, you know, every day is a national day kind of thing. Right. Like today is National Cherry, Cherry Cheesecake Day. It is also um, the International Nose Picking Day. Um, oh. As well as the National Lost Dog Awareness Day. So there's a whole bunch of them. And CheckEyeDay.com is a place to go where you can get a nice little list of all of these. And you can click on them and, um, and see more information about them as well. Um, CNN has a teacher fellowship program. Uh, I don't know if you know <laughs> Maybe about not this. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, C-SPAN. C-SPAN has a... Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> C-SPAN has yes. a teacher's fellowship program. Comes with um, money involved. So if, you're, if you use C-SPAN, you might want to check it out. Uh, you have about a month left to apply for it. Um, it's going to be done virtually this year as well. So, <clears throat> And then finally, um, I thought this would be neat for kids, especially middle school kids. Um, how much garden would you need to survive 100% on your garden? No going to the store to buy food, but to grow your own food. How much land would that take? Um, and what would that process look like? So I'm going to link to a life hacker article so the kids can, you can go through this with the kids. You can talk about, you can do some math here. This might be a really neat um, project-based learning kind of thing as well. Um, you know, because you got your science, you got your math, you've got... Um, your economics, you've got lots of things that you can tie in there. The way that you can tie all of this in is to head over to middleschoolmatters.com, 
click on the link, click on the show notes um, for everything we've got going on. We also would greatly appreciate it if you would head over to the podcatcher of your choice. Give us a five-star rating. If you have a couple minutes, tell us why Sean is the world's greatest co-show host. We really would appreciate that. And, of course, we'd love it if you'd tell your friends and neighbors and other middle school people about the show. With that, this has been Middle School Matters for middle school educators who care. All opinions expressed on this podcast are exclusively the opinions of the host and guests and not indicative of any employer.